Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kimisha Lucier, one of the senior pastors of A Day of Prayer. I'm so glad you're here with me today, and I'm excited to share the word of the Lord with you today. Today, I want to talk about how we grow in Christ. I had a question from one of the listeners about how I was able to grow to where I am in my walk with the Lord today, and in particular, um, a question about how I was able to connect different scriptures and know so much of the Word of God. And it took me a, mo- a moment to hear from the Lord how to answer so that I could answer um, accurately and, and truthfully to the Lord. And I will have to say, first and foremost, it's nothing of myself. <laughs> it's not because I'm special. It's not because I'm smart. It's not because of any of those things. But it's only because of the goodness of the Lord. And part of the reason that the Lord had me start this podcast was so that I could help other people mature in their walk with the Lord, take them from babes in Christ to mature word of God wielding masters that were able to keep the devil under their feet and have victory day after day after day in the Lord. So, you know, um, in, In her question, the listener's question, she asked if I had been to seminary and things of that nature. And the answer is no. My walk with the Lord is what it is because the Lord, um, I listened as he drew me to himself. And I have a relationship with him, not a third party understanding. Now, I believe that um, college is good. I believe that seminary and all of those things are good when the Lord calls you to it. But that study doesn't make you closer to God. That's like me saying, I want to get to know you. So I'm going to go talk to someone, a stranger over there <laughs> that you'd go, well, why? Why wouldn't you just come ask me? And that's that's exactly the point that the Lord made to me um, as I was pursuing him. I, I've, I've been walking with the Lord for some time now. And my relationship with him really got traction when I was desperate to see results in my life. I was doing everything that I had been taught. Um, and as far as the word goes, I've been, I was reading scriptures and memorizing. I was doing everything that I could to do what I thought I was supposed to do to get closer to God, but it wasn't working. And I remember um, just spending time in prayer and going, Lord, why isn't this working? Why, why is my life like this? And, and this means, why is it going the wrong direction? How come I'm not being consistent with you, Lord? And I f- don't see the scriptural, re- like the results that I'm being taught I should have. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from many Bible, te- Bible and faith teachers. And, I'm grateful for that. But when I got serious about my walk with the Lord and he told me it was about a relationship and Exodus 33 shares Moses's perspective. He's talking with the Lord and, you know, the Lord is saying to him, I'll bless you. I'm, you know, I'm just going to send you on. Actually, the Lord was like, I'm not going with these people in that way because they're stiff necked. But Moses you know, was coming before God and God was saying, I'll still bless you with everything that I promised to do, but my presence isn't going to be there. And Moses, you know, he wasn't satisfied with that. He wanted all of God. And in Exodus 33, uh, verse 18, he says to the Lord, please show me your glory. 
And what he was asking for here was not just to see the miraculous of God or the power of God or, you know, even the beauty of God, but he was asking God for intimacy. He was asking God, let me be closer to you. You know, if you, if you remember, and you can spend some time um, studying this out in scripture, Moses would go and talk with God. Um, the Lord described it as face to face. He would go talk with him on the mountain and be gone, you know, for, for days on end and for long periods of time. But there was always a cloud or something in between them. Even though he was in God's presence, he wasn't fully um, as close to God as he could be. And he was not satisfied, even in that closeness that most of us today would go, Lord, man, if you just do that for me, I'm satisfied. But him even at that level was like, God, I need more of you. I need to be in your absolute presence, not from a distance, not with a cloud between us. And a cloud, if you think about it, it's just water vapor. But he wanted to be one with God. And he was asking God for intimacy. He was like, God, I need to get in there. I need to see who you are and why you are the way that you are. I need to know you. That's what he was asking for there. And God granted his his petition and his request. And when you read over to um, chapter 34, you'll see God revealing himself to Moses. And that's, that's where I am. That's what I live in. And that the Lord brought me to that place where I wasn't just satisfied with seeing miraculous activities or um, being used for a moment. I want him. I want intimacy with my God. And I want to know who he is to the very depth of detail. And I want to know why he does the things that he does. I want to know what he's thinking. And I want to know what's on his heart. And Moses had the same thought process. As a matter of fact, in in Psalm 103, verse 7, it says, he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. So there was a difference there. This is referencing the Lord, the, the psalmist is writing about God making his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. So when you go back and study this, the children of Israel, you'll see that the Lord offered all of them to be able to come up to the mountain. And they said, no, this is too extreme for us. It, it's too terrible. It costs too much. We'll stay down here. Moses, you go up there and you get it for us and bring it back and we'll do whatever God says. So they didn't want to draw closer to God. They were happy being at a safe distance. They were happy having a wishy-washy, sometimes in, sometimes out, walk in relationship with the Lord. And you know, suffering and whatever the consequence that brought to them, they were satisfied with that and content with it. But Moses said, no, I want to be close to you, God. And then even when he was close to God, he said, I want to be closer still. And he was looking for the same oneness that the Messiah described in his earthly ministry. If you go back and read through the gospels and you'll hear Jesus or read that he says many times, the father and I are one. I am one with the father. The father is one with me. And he invited us into that oneness with him that the father would dwell in us and we would be in the dwelling in the father, the fullness of the Godhead would dwell in us and we would dwell in the fullness of the Godhead and that there would be no more separation between us. So if you want to know how to be close to God, you have to desire his presence, his relationship. And, you know, I, I do love all my brothers and sisters in Christ, but sometimes we get so focused on seeing power, you know, feeling powerful with God and, you know, watching spectacular events so that we can feel important that we totally miss 
who our God is. And we know nothing about his personality. We know nothing about his character and his nature and his attributes and his ways. But we're looking at his hands and staying far from him. And we come and we ebb and flow with him. We come and we go. But that's not what the Lord wants for us. And and it's not all that's available to us. We're able to come in closer. We're able to go deeper with our God, but he won't press it upon you. He won't force you into it, but he'll invite you. And I'm telling and declaring to you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the mighty name of Jesus, that he is inviting you in. He's knocking at the door of your heart today, right now, as you're listening to this podcast. And he's saying, come in and sup and dwell with me and go deeper, learn my ways. And if you tell him, yes, buckle up. It's a good It's a good ride with the Lord. And there's nothing to be afraid of when we go deeper with God. Even in the instance that we were talking about in Exodus 33, leading to Exodus uh, 34, which is, we've probably all heard about this, the Lord put Moses in the cleft of the rock and covered him with his hand. Even with that drawing closer that Moses desired, God protected him because we all know that the the Lord tells him in that that chapter that no one... um, can see my face and live. And actually he starts, um, he, he starts that in chapter 33, talking about no one can see his, his face and, and live because we are not able to handle the absolute raw presence and glory of God with an, our fleshly, our sinful flesh. But God protected him and let Moses get even closer, as close as he could to God. And Through Christ Jesus, we've been reconciled and restored to a place that is equal to the Garden of Eden, where there's no more separation between us and our God. There's nothing keeping us from him. We're naked and open before him, and we have full access and fellowship to him, and he has full access and fellowship to us. Now, when we get our glorified bodies, when we're caught caught up and, you know, we are raptured away to be with him in heaven, and we're given that, that new um, glorified body that we're going to have and we're in his presence all day and there's there's absolutely no distance between us that's a whole nother level but on this earth we're still able to be close to God that we are in one accord in fellowship just like our Lord and Savior was in fellowship with him and also that's why the Holy Spirit is a part of our lives so that we we have that fellowship and we're able to walk with him So at this point, it's a matter of will you accept it and then will you press on into it? There's going to be opportunities to turn away. There's going to be opportunities to say no. But if you say yes to God and keep saying yes to him, and then as he speaks with you, obey what he's telling you, because that's how you show your love to him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He's the easiest lover you'll ever have. He's the easiest person you've ever met to love. He told you exactly what he's looking for. You don't have to guess. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And as you keep his commandments, and then you look at him and behold him in the goodness and the righteousness that he is, and you continue to pursue him, not pursuing other things, not pursuing a name for yourself or notoriety or fame, not pursuing um, accolades from humanity, but pursuing a well done, thou good and faithful servant from your Lord and Savior, then you will draw near to him. And you'll find that the Holy Spirit, which is his job in the earth, will take what the Lord has spoken to us, that's written and what he has ministered to us personally, and he will bring it to our remembrance. He'll declare the will and the word of God, and he will draw us nearer and nearer and nearer to our Lord 
and he'll show us things to come. He'll talk to us of those good things. And, you know, I just want to say this as a, a, an element of proof. What Bible did Abraham have? Yet he was able to follow God and receive this promise that we're still we're still relishing and enjoying the benefits of it to this day. Thousands and thousands of years later, he didn't have a physical Bible to read. He wasn't memorizing scriptures, but he let the word of God be written on the tablet of his heart. When God spoke, he did. When God spoke, he believed God and then he did. And I'm not saying we shouldn't read the the Bible that we have. No, it's good and it's there for our benefit. It's there, there to help us and to help train us and help to filter out the abundance of other voices that are coming in. God is faithful and he's wise. He knew that there would be so many voices vying for your attention at this day and age. So he put his word, wrote it down in books and scriptures. He inspired men of God to write his word down so we'd have it today. So we had a focal point that we could reference to block out the other voices coming coming against us, but it's not the reading of the word that qualifies you. It's the love that you have in your heart for God and your willingness to obey him and enter in by the blood of the lamb that grants us access to our God. And we continue to pursue him and we continue to partake of him and the things that he's provided for us. I want to read something to you that um, we often don't think of. It's Psalm 91. I know you've probably heard that. And it's, it's he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, no plague shall come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. And um, I think it's believed that this is written by Moses, but we stop there most of the time when we read the scripture and we're like, yeah, we're protected. Hallelujah. And we celebrate there. But if you keep reading the last two verses of this chapter, it's, it's God's response. God's answers back to the one who chooses to take this stance in this position. And this is what he says, starting in verse 14, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Hallelujah. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to God. You should be excited and rejoicing right now because God is saying when we decide to love him, to set our affections upon him, to desire him above all else, to reach out for him and cry out for our God, not that he's not there, but that we long 
long for him and we need him and we want him and we that is our desire. He is our good thing and our pleasant treasure. He's what we seek after and we will abandon and forsake all things to cling to him. When we do that, he says, ah, I'll deliver him. I'll deliver you who has chosen me above all else and that he will exalt us in this process because we knew his name, not from a distance, not not the Jesus that Paul preaches like the, the sons of Sceva did in Acts. But no, we have a first person relationship with him and we know him intimately and deeply and we fellowship with him and we want more of that fellowship and we don't find him to be a trouble or a burden to us, but he is our prize. He is our our great pleasure and we delight in him. And then he says, we'll call upon him and he'll answer. That's the same as saying, when you look for me, you'll find me. And not only will you find me, but I'm going to manifest myself to you. That's what Jesus said in, in um, John. And he said, I will be with that person in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That salvation is every part of God. He's like, I'm going to show myself to you in a real and a, a mighty and a first person and intimate way so that you know for sure that I love you, that God loves you. And there's no question in your mind or any doubt about that. That's the relationship that makes me who I am. That's the relationship that writes the word of God on the tablet of my heart, not memorization, not rote. Because if you remember this scripture, um, let me see, verse, verses, the one where it talks about the angels will bear you up in their hands. Oh, there it is. Verse 12. Um, verse 11 and 12, Satan quoted the scripture to Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness. And I know I, I talk about these points of scripture, scripture often, but it's because they bind together to show you a clear picture of who God is and to show you a clear picture that you're able to access and walk with him in the same way that the Messiah did. No, you're not Jesus, a replacement for him or literally, um, you know, a, an, an alternate Messiah. You're not an antichrist. I'm not saying that, but we are his body and we're able to do the very same things that our head did. Our head did while he was in the earth. Nope, your blood is not going to be shed for anybody's remission of sin. That is unique to him. But he said the works that he does and greater will we do. Now, he wasn't talking about the signs and wonders and the miracles. He was talking about fellowshipping and the closeness and the oneness that he had with God. That was his prize. That was his prize. Because remember, Judas did the same miracles, but yet he rebelled against God, yet he betrayed Jesus. So it's not a working of signs. The Antichrist is going to come and work signs and wonders. So it's neither here nor there. Memorization of scripture. Satan quoted scripture to God. He didn't pull a Bible out. <laughs> he didn't get the scroll out. He knew it, but yet he quoted it. So it's not about that. It's about the heart towards God. And Jesus responded by saying, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, neither put him to the test because he knew God's ways. He knew the ways of the father and he loved him purely and deeply and intimately. He was intimate with the father to know him in that regard. And even the next temptation, which was just the date, the devil tore all the mask off and said, well, just uh, go down, fall down and worship me. That's what I'm really after. Just get straight to it. Just worship me. And the Lord said, no, get behind me, Satan, and declared that he would only worship his God. So what am I saying to you? The closeness and oneness and fellowship with God doesn't come through natural wickets, 
things that we can check it off. Okay, I read my Bible 10 minutes today. Okay, um, I know 15 verses and I can read, I can quote the whole book of Psalm and I can do it. That means I'm approved. I can, I can quote all of Proverbs. I'm approved. It doesn't mean anything. You can know the whole Bible and go straight to hell. You can be a, a mediocre Christian and barely get into heaven by the skin of your teeth. Your choice the choice is up to you. But if you pursue God and you know how much he loves you and choose to look for the higher thing, not the thing that's promoted as the most important. Well, Elijah called down fire. So we all want to be Elijah now. Or Paul wrote this much of the Bible. So I want to be like Paul. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Be his disciple. Be disciple to Christ and love him with your whole heart and seek after him and he will always respond to you. He will always reply and show you his salvation. I know I was pretty excited through this because this is something I am greatly passionate about. When you enter into knowing God's ways, you'll find freedom and liberty that you never had before. And you'll have a liberty to a degree that no one can take it away from you. No one can talk you out of it. And the devil cannot keep you in bondage. I hate the works of the devil. And first John tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And I'm following after my Lord's footsteps in that. I want you to be free. The Lord wants you to be free, which is the only reason that I'm here doing this now, because he asked me to. So I just wanted to encourage you truly live in his love live in the Messiah's love, and then stretch your love towards him, knowing that he loves you and he adores you and he's going to respond to you in a good way and manifest himself to you and draw you closer and give you everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. He's already supplied it and will make sure that it is abounding and abundant in your life. Well, I hope this message blessed you today. If you have a chance, share it with someone who is um, who could benefit from it, who is looking for the Lord and the Messiah and the Savior themselves and give them an opportunity to be drawn closer to Christ and find the way that they can make that reality. They can step into what God has already provided. Thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.